Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on a couple of victories, Rhys Aldean. Rhys, are you well? I'm very good, thanks. It's good to talk about two victories on the trot, so I'm looking forward to it. It really is. Heather Holloway is here. Heather, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm proud to be... I'm, I think I'm, gonna, I'm aiming for double figures this year on, um, on podcast appearances just letting everyone know and as we says it's just great to be enjoying Thistle winning and rounding off our panel David Forrest David how are you I, I'm great the curse has been lifted it's like you know how like when you do an exorcism in a house and like all the spirits have been warded away like that's what it feels like today having finally beaten Arbroath for the first time since like you could take liquids on airplanes it's it's great I'm, I'm yeah brilliant we will get on to the Arbroath game um, shortly, but we will start with the, the Wraith game on Saturday, a 2-1 victory. And we'll start, as we always do, with a look at the starting eleven. There was just one change from the Inverness game. Um, Tunji Akinola came back in for Lee Hodson, who was injured, and Jack McMillan moved to right-back. Heather, were you happy with that team when you saw it? I must admit that when I saw Akinola's name, I my eyebrows were raised, um, especially after the last time he played we were on the podcast a bit after talking about him being quite shaky. And I think he did start that way. But um, yeah, I was quite surprised to see him. But, you know, I'm sure we'll get on to talking about his performance overall. But I thought, especially when Muirhead came on and as he grew into the game, Akinola's confidence was better. Reese, what about you? Would you have made any more changes? Or were you quite happy with what you saw? Uh, I was quite happy with the, the overall starting 11. In terms of Akinola, I wasn't too surprised to see him coming into the starting 11. I don't think it was published anywhere online, but we played Aloha in a bounce game last week and we came out on top 2-1 with Tunji scoring a brace. So that's him That's him up to three for the season and they're always in uh, behind closed doors bounce games. But you'd imagine he must have put in a solid performance defensively to get in, to get the nod for that game. But in regards to just Tunji, I, there was, we suggested on the podcast last week that his, his time was sort of maybe coming to an end at Furhill, so there was a real era, like, last chance alone when the team sheet got announced, but uh, thankfully I thought uh, Tunji was pretty sound against Rafe, and he, he looked more like his old self, so I, I was pretty happy with the starting 11. Yeah, we'll come on to some some individuals in a minute. David, what did you make of the overall team performance on Saturday? It was a very contrasting performance. I thought we were very good in the first half. Second half, we were really poor. I felt that we, we very much hung on at the end, and even McCall admitted that in the interview, that we you know, were clinging on by the end for the three points. So we kind of got away with it, but I don't think we really should have been in the position of having to just get away with it. We should have been out of sight, to be honest. And with the sort of defensive frailties of Rafe Rovers, um, you know, the right-back's been kind of cut open a lot. I was really excited to see like Tiffany and Milne against him and... 
you know, with their sort of young centre-back partnership, they, they did feel very ripe for being cut open and stuff like that. And I feel that we put on an all right performance in the first half. But the second half, we kind of, Rafe kind of changed it up a little bit. We struggled to kind of adapt to it. And yeah, I, I'm, I was glad we get the three points, put it that way. But it, we, it, should, it was far more shaky than it necessarily needed to be, I think. Yeah, I think Ian McCall said in his, his post-match interview on Jagzone, the team didn't really click, but there was a lot of good individual performances, and I think that pretty much nails it. I don't think you could say anyone played badly, but things just didn't click, and maybe it was because we were expecting a, a similar performance to Inverness, the bar was set so high, but things didn't really click, but there were a few good individual performances, I think. Heather, did anyone stand out for you on Saturday? Well, I think the obvious would be Stevie Lawless for the goal that he scored. Um, I thought it was, you know, really good read of the games. As you said, the defence of Wraith was quite shaky, especially in the first half. And he definitely was the one who was finding spaces, being able to move and bring other people into the into play. So for me, I thought Lawless was great. I think he's been great for the last few weeks and wouldn't be surprised to see him as um, August Player of the Month. I also thought, I mean, obviously later on but I thought Muirhead changed the game for us in the sense of just steadied the shit was just came on and shouted at everyone about everything and I love that you know I'm just someone who just came in and commanded the box demanded the best and the goal the back pass it is more horrible every time you watch it and it was actually I, I felt really sorry for David Mitchell because you know, he's just started at Fit Thistle and some of the goals that he's conceded or, you know, or the, the team have conceded, you know, no one, it, some people have really hung him out to dry. I really feel, you know, put him under a lot of pressure. I also thought that when some of the subs came on, that they did lift it. As David said, the um, the second half was a little bit ropey and, you know, they at least came on and brought on some energy. But yeah, for me, Lawless. No, I agree with Lawless, I think. One of one of my favourite bits about his performance was when Wraith brought their when Jamie McDonald went off injured and he brought their sub goalie on. The first time Wallace got the ball after that, he just shot from about 35, 40 yards. I don't even know if he can kick it that far, but he just had a go to test him. I, I really like that. You don't see that enough in football anymore, testing out um inexperienced or, or sub goalkeepers. That, that was a good one to see. But he's been terrific this month, Wallace. And um, Reese, what about you? Did anyone else stand up? Aye, so pretty much just um, echoing uh, what both Heather and David have said. I thought, in general, in the team performance, what I liked about it, the first half, I thought we were electric, and, and it was an incredibly fast-paced start to the game. Um, and that's the past two games we've seen that, both Inverness and Rafe at the weekend. So, I mean, you've seen us have about five shots in the space of a 10-second period, and that little stramash that ended up with Tiff getting a goal. Um, and that actually looked as if we were searching for an injury time leveller, never mind the second minute of the game. So if we can start every game with that level level of intensity, teams won't know how to live with us and the heads will soon drop and their, their backs are up the wall under the cost for minute one. But um, I, I thought that the first half we were in total control. I mean, we had a, we had a few good chances with an offside goal. Um, and then, as Heather was mentioning, Lawless was brilliant again. Like him and McMillan uh, showing their link up once again with McMillan playing the ball over the top and the as I mentioned last week, one of their weaknesses, the young centre-half pairing, and it was, I think it was uh, O'Riordan, misjudged the flight of the ball, and that just allowed Laws to stroke the ball past McDonald's. So we go into half-time almost cruising, if we don't make that silly mistake. I know it's a 
It's a really short back pass for Banzo and it just makes it awkward for Mitchell and it gives Rafe that way back into the game. But I thought the most pleasing aspect from Saturday was the game management. I mean, we've seen Thistle sides of yesteryear just collapse in that situation um, and those sort of scenarios. And we mentioned on last week's pod as well, Rafe don't seem to have a proper striker, but that allowed them to finish the game with maybe like three or four number 10s on the park and they were all interchanging and just uh, switching between positions. I like the tweak from McCall to bring on uh, Adam Muirhead in that position because they ended up missing two huge guilt-edged chances, but with Aero on, and as Heather mentioned, that he just he brings that calm and influence for the whole defence and he just marshals everyone. I just love the guy a bit. So, all in all, a good three points to pick up. And I've I seen you mentioned as well, Matt, on Twitter, like we always say it as well, like the sign of a team, a good team, is when you pick up points when you're not exactly playing at your very best. And I know I think the first half was brilliant, but the second half, we didn't really look up, look up too much. It was almost as if we were just we were happy with the 2-1 win. Um, so it was good to get those three points. Yeah, that sort of leads me nicely on to my next question, David. Do you think we'd have, we'd have chucked that game in seasons gone by? I'm trying to think of how many years to go back. Probably four or five to the top six seasons. How many how many times would we have chucked that game out of ten, do you think, in the last five or six years? Oh, um, I mean, you're looking at a solid seven or eight. I mean, like that the, the season we get relegated, we literally seem to do it on a weekly basis. And there's so many horror shows of, you know, Morton, Cove, all that, just, you know, where we would absolutely have, you know, crumbled um, in previous occasions. The thing is, Rafe's goal was an odd goal. Looking back at it, I think I can kind of see what Banzo was trying to do. It didn't really work. I, I think the way it looks like... I, I don't. I think he didn't realise that the def, the the forward was going to get get past the defender and kind of outpace him or whatever, um, and get to the ball. But I mean, that's another odd goal, and we can talk about you know these freak show goals that we concede and just silly errors and stuff like that. But we don't actually concede that many just goals in terms of like people cutting us open, getting in and scoring goals. I know we're playing our both at Gayfield on Saturday, and watch what will happen when when I say that. But a lot of our goals are sort of clown shoes goals as opposed to being outplayed and in previous years we would have absolutely collapsed under that but it is a bit of a sign that we aren't being cut open that much and we aren't conceding your traditional type of goals and yeah it's, it's, a, it's a good sign I think you make a really good point there David I think we've played five league games now and, and a cup game and we've only really been, been cut open in open play I would say um, by Queen's Park, who in fairness did cut us open quite regularly. But I think that is a good sign. And just going back to like Akinola, I, I still think he looked a bit shaky, but it was a much improved performance from him. Muirhead came back in, sort of showed it up on Saturday, and I thought him and Holt were really good yesterday against our growth, which we'll come on to. Kevin Holt, I think, deserves a shout out. I think he's like an, un, an unsung hero for us. He's rarely below seven or eight out of ten. I, I, you could probably count the, the number of mistakes he's made for us in just over a, a year on, on one hand. I think he's been a really, really good good signing, whether it be at left-back or centre-back. I think he's better at centre-back, actually. Um, I think Kevin Holt really goes under the radar for us. I think he's been brilliant. Um, anyone get anything else they want to say about Wraith? The one thing I would say is, um, as much as I love to see the game management, the thing I really didn't like, especially when you knew that referee was going to add on time because obviously there was the goalkeeping substitution. But I didn't like the fact that Muir, not Muirhead, sorry, in Fitzpatrick was 
collecting the ball and then running into the corner with no real plan or backup. I feel like, I mean, we keep on, I keep on re-quoting McCall, but, you know, the start of the season, he said, you know, we're going to be a team that scores more goals than the um, than the opposition. And I just felt that it was quite negative and also quite early on in the game to be doing that, because I think we all knew, I mean, obviously, the amount of time that referee added on was insane, but it did seem quite early for us to be going that way. And also, I didn't think we had the players in the park that were able to control that or have experience of controlling that. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but I just felt like, you know, we'd run to the corner, we'd lose it. They'd somehow managed to keep the ball. And then we were facing a counter-attack. And that's when Rafe had that chance when they nearly did score. So I don't know if... I just maybe think that now, apparently, we are going to be that team. We need to practice it. I think you've sort of hit the nail about not having the right players to do it. I think if it's you're trying to shield the ball in the corner, you're wanting Brian Graham or Anton Dowds doing it. I don't think Fitzpatrick's the guy to do that. I agree. I mean, Fitzpatrick was doing it as well. You could, you need a bit of subtlety. He <laughs> just dribbled straight to the corner, and it was quite easy for Wraith to to deal with but I'm, I'm sure that'll be that'll be worked on I personally don't have a problem with us trying to uh, shithouse our way to wins at 90 minutes if we play exciting football for 80 minutes and then have 10 minutes of shithouse and that that is all good with me our growth last night then in the last 16 of the cup a few more changes for that game Aaron Muirhead came back in at the starting 11 for Tunji Akinola Kyle Turner replaced Cole McKinnon in midfield and Anton Dowd's got I think what we'd agree, a deserved start up front for Brian Graham, who was rested. Uh, Reese, were you happy with that, Tim? Yeah, I was. One thing I would say is a wee bit surprised that Snedden didn't get a start. Uh, I just thought he might have. I'm not. I'm not a, a Snedden sympathizer. I won't say that. Like, I, I'm not someone who says he, he should be starting every week, regardless of like who the backup keeper is. But I feel like he did get Player of the Year last year, so he should. Still trust him for the cup games at least, but I get I get try to keep consistency and try to get Mitchell a run of games and obviously it paid off in the end with Mitchell picking up the clean sheet, so that would be good for his confidence as well. But in terms of the players coming into the eleven, we've mentioned them all season really. We've been conceding daft goals from corners and just silly errors and we're, we're saying to each other, how are we going to uh, come up with something to can sort of stop this happening every week? And the solution was always like I oh. Hopefully that will be eradicated once Muirhead comes back. So Muirhead back in the start in 11 one game and we get a clean sheet. So huge positives to take from that. As you mentioned, Dowd's been, Dowd's been chatting at the door for a wee bit now and he's he's got two goals already this season and he's pushing Graham all the way. Like Even the likes of Danny Mullen, like, he must be thinking, what do I need today to get a start? Or even, even a bit more than 20 minutes off the bench because I feel like he's been unlucky as well. So it was good to see a couple of changes here and there, but I'm not surprised we went strong overall. Yeah, just, just on the goalie position, I, I still think Jamie Snedden should be the number one and I'm still not entirely convinced by Mitchell. I, I don't think he's done anything drastically wrong, but I think there's sort of little mistakes and a few goals that have sort of added up to probably one goal on, if you do like expected goal faults. I'm sure that's that'll be a thing in the next five years. But um, I'm, I'm quite happy if David Mitchell is Ian McCall's number one, I'm quite glad he played played him last night. I think if we're taking the cup seriously, I'm, I wouldn't want goalkeepers to be swapped. If Snedden was in the league games, I wouldn't want him swapped out for the cup. So I don't have any problem with that. David, you happy with the team last night? 
Yeah, I mean, much like yourself, it's it's one of one of those where like Mitchell, where again, you need, you kind of need to show a bit of consistency with the cup games if you want to treat them seriously. We have the depth where we can kind of mix and match a little bit, but we shouldn't be doing wholesale changes. So I kind of was um, happy with that. I, I can all out from your head. Again, your head is very calming um, influence on the the back line, um, and I can all out, to be honest. Our bro seems to be his kryptonite. I don't think he's ever had a good performance really against Arbroath. They are his bogey team. I mean, that was like for, on this big run, the only team that were kind of challenged him was well, player that challenged him was Nubly um, for Arbroath. And then you know, Farhill when we lost it, obviously we lost the game to lose the clean sheet streak. It was Arbroath and Akinola was there, and I, I kind of I kind of understood that why you would maybe drop Akinola for this game on there and you know Graham in for Dowds I mean again like it's not a market downgrade to have Dowds in for Graham and Dowds has made a case for a start um, so yeah I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't disagree with the squad too much to be honest And Heather what did you make of the, the performance last night obviously I think the goal was a long time coming did you think it was a good performance overall? So the first 20 minutes were brilliant and you could really see that we were a football team really trying to go out and win it. And as David talked about earlier, eh, the last time we won, I was four years old. And I was actually with, at the game with my brother and dad last night and they were talking about that game and some of the nonsense things that I was saying at that last game. And, you know, that kind of, it's funny that we, I now have a niece who is four next week. And the fact that, you know, she's now the same age as I was last time we won against our broth. We had so many chances and then obviously in after the last the first 20 we kind of let them back in and they had a bit more a few more chances and we opened up a little bit and I said you know I actually thought that this could be one of those classic thistle games where we make all these chances cross balls in look good and then lose a terrible goal in the last 15 minutes and then don't know how to change it and I really at a certain point I thought that was really going to be the way it was and every time our broth passed the halfway line I was thinking to myself is this is this the end but um I really didn't think that if they scored if we'd be able to change it but great what a feeling when the goal went in and it was a great goal um I, I you know again a very surprising person to get the header I thought it was um, a really good goal and again I thought we managed the game quite well at the end. I thought David Mitchell, um, the save he made and was it the double the double save at the end? That was fantastic. I really thought that could could have gone could you know could have been our downfall, but a really positive game and I genuinely couldn't believe it the whole way through because I've just been brought up knowing that at some point we will lose with our to our growth. So it was. Quite an out-of-body experience. Reese, what did you prefer last night? Um, Harry Milton's goal-line clearance or Kevin Holt's tackle? Oh, uh, two, two bits of art, really. But I've got to say Harry Milton's goal-line clearance because that's just as good as a goal. But uh, Holt's tackle, just equally pleasing. Just the way the, the forwards for Avroth went down as well. But I, I, I completely agree with what Heather was saying. I, f- I felt we were so comfy on the night. The full game really just looked in total control. As I, as I mentioned earlier as well, we sort of had a sort of fast start again without really opening them up. We, we still we had a lot of the possession and a couple of chances early on. I mean, Doc has that one where they've they've actually played a shot back pass this time and Doc's found himself having doubts two on two on one with the keeper just to tap it in an empty net. But Doc, he's not got a left foot and he tries to round the keeper on his left. I don't know why, but that, I, I'm one of these people who 
we'll think about that and I'm just going to think that's going to come back to bite us. And as Heather said, every time our brofer going into our half, like I kept thinking this is going to end up one now our brofer. Had all the makings of a, a one now our brof, but to be fair, they didn't really threaten us too much. And it, it always felt like we were dangerous. It always felt like the goal was going to come. And thankfully it did with Fitzy coming off the bench. And um, I'm happy for Aidan Fitzpatrick as well, because I mean, that's him now up to, he's matched his tally for the whole of last season with Queen's already, three goals and a couple of assists already and between the League Cup and the league. So he, he can definitely feel aggrieved that he's not getting a starting place, but he's doing himself no harm with putting in these sort of performances and it's it's great to have these options still. So I'm really happy to be in the hat for the next round and fingers crossed we get a decent tie. David, we've mentioned um, your head coming on to sort of show us up against Wraith. Fitzpatrick, another substitute, getting the winning goal last night. Just how important is the squad depth that we've got at the moment? Oh, it's. I mean, I, I mean, a good example is if you look at our broth previously and in, in previous times. I mean, our broth played pretty much the same starting eleven for most of last season. They had a starting eleven. They were really re- well drilled. They were confident. And they played in the front foot against us and we always found it really difficult and we were very much backpedalling against them. And this time it was the other way around and a lot of it was, you know, obviously Tam O'Brien was suspended and they had that injury, I believe it was in the first half. I know it might have been the second half, but they, they had they had to take off a centre-back. They had a bit of a, a ropey squad. They've lost players, players like Dowds and even like Nubley and stuff like that. And they just don't seem to be the sort of meet unit they were before. And they didn't really have the depth to bring on to kind of restock that unit and yeah you look at us and we had players off the bench who came on and they made the difference yesterday and to be honest I think that was the cutting edge for ourselves where we looked really really good but you know what our brother like they they will always make it really really tricky and they were making it tricky for us but they weren't exactly doing too much going forward they were playing like a a 4-5-1 and they had one guy up there who wasn't really getting any service whatsoever and they were just kind of making it really difficult for us. And we were getting chances in that, but we needed something just a wee bit more, a wee bit of spice in there. And we got it and it got us the goal. So definitely I'd say if you look at us and you look at our both yesterday, the depth was the difference. Um, it's the reason why our both couldn't really make any chances. It's the reason why we scored. I look forward to, to 3 0 our growth on Saturday then. Heather, how important is, is reaching a cup quarter final? It's our first uh, League Cup or Scottish Cup quarter final in three years. Um, how important is that to the season as a whole, to the to the finances, um, to the league form? I think it's a great opportunity, especially as there is a high chance that we're going to get another or we're going to get a premiership team. And if we if our if our hope is, and I know this podcast is very, very confident in the fact that we're getting promoted this year, if that is our hope, then to, for us to get the opportunity to play Premiership opposition and just see how this squad can do in you know in that step up, I think that's a really great opportunity. I also think that you know no matter what people say, there is this kind of well, I hate it when they say on, ma- on like match of the day, like this love of the cup and the the journey of the cup, the story of the cup. But it would be absolutely fantastic. I think we're so due something in in the cup run and maybe I've just jinxed it and that's us losing 5-0 at Celtic Park actually five would be quite an achievement um after what happens to Dundee United um but I do think that um I do think a cup run is really important because 
There is, you know, we are potentially going into the next game as the complete underdogs. We can just go and, you know, play our football, enjoy it, use this squad that I really don't think we've had such an exciting bench in many, many seasons. And I think that also, you know, I don't really want to touch on it tonight, but with so many things going on at the club off the pitch, I think that it's so important that we together can celebrate things that are going on on the pitch. And if a cup run can can keep people positive and keep people, you know, working together towards a common goal, which is for Thistle to be the best they can be, I think that's extremely important. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if we if we kept it to five against Celtic, I think we'd have a problem. I think Dundee United would be trying to get McCall back and trying to poach our whole back four if we managed to keep it <laughs> down to five. Just with regards to reaching the quarterfinals, um, the thing that I think might be different this year from years gone by, so I've never actually seen us reach further than the quarterfinals, apart from the, the Ramses Cup, but the thing that I think will be different will be uh, I remember back to when we played uh, Celtic at Parkhead and it was McCall's first game the season we ended up getting relegated so there wasn't a lot of confidence going into that game we were sort of down the down the lower half of the league we were struggling a bit um, and even before that the, the last couple of times I remember reaching the quarterfinal stage we were a premiership club but we were like sort of fighting for survival every year and like maybe sitting ninth, t- 10th from the table when we were, we were reaching this point in the season so to go into the quarterfinal I know at the point of recording, we're, we're second in the league, but to be playing really good football, I mean, that's 10 games in all competitions now. Eight wins, one draw and one loss, if, if you're counting Kilmarnock as a win on penalties. So it'd be going into a quarterfinal, regardless of who we get, I think that's a really good thing. And I, I actually do fancy us against pretty much anyone. I think we'd even give the likes of Rangers a good game. I know it's pre-season friendlies and whatnot, but the last two years we've played them, we've put up a, a good showing. So who knows? I'm, I'm really looking forward to it this year. Yep, fingers crossed. And David, what percentage of a chance do you give us to, to be League Cup winners this year? I, I think on balance it's a, a 66% chance for us to win the League Cup. So. That, that's fair. I agree with that at the quarterfinal stage. Yep, that's fair. Aye. Um, as I say, we are recording this before the Cup draw, so we'll presumably get one of the old firm away and hopes will be dashed. Um, we'll look ahead to Saturday's game where we travel to last night's opponents are both for the return of league action. David, what sort of team do you expect Ian McCall to field on Saturday? Um, it is an interesting one. I think it, it, it's going to be a completely different game from the one at Farhill. I think you might see Abroth maybe get a signing or two in. You know, Tam O'Brien will be back. They'll be at home. They've got that, that gay field factor um, that we can need to contend with. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot tougher. And again, we did have to break them down. But to be honest, you, you might actually see a, a squad closer to what finished the game than what started the game. I, you know, maybe one or two sort of interchange or whatever. But I think you might see Graham and, and Fitzpatrick and stuff like that come back in. I mean, there was quite a lot of things that I quite liked last night. But we were doing some quite intelligent play. Um, it, not all of it was coming off, but it was they were trying things, if you know what I mean, and I, I really like that. So yeah, I think you you'll probably see something quite similar to what we finished with, but I don't expect wholesale changes because again we we've beat them, you know, like yesterday. So um, you you don't really want to be cacking up a team that has empirically proven that it can beat this team. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think there'll be wholesale changes. I think Fitzpatrick's probably the interesting one for me. Um, I think, as you said, Reese, he's, he's been unlucky to be out of the team, but I think that was going to be the nature of his role this season with, with Lawless and Tiffany. But I think we might be a bit cautious about Tiffany's fitness, playing him three games in a week, having returned from a couple of injuries that he's already suffered this year. I think he, he might sit out. He, he wasn't great on Tuesday either, and Fitzpatrick is is a more than more than capable replacement for him. Reese, what sort of game are you expecting, and do you want to kick us off with, with a score prediction to finish? I do think it'll be a tough game. Um, I've, I've not really looked at the the weather forecast yet for Saturday, but that always has a, a big part to play when you go up to Gayfield. But uh, it's going to be very different from Tuesday night. I think Arbroath will, will probably be a wee bit more assertive in terms of their, their approach to the game. I think they might come out and go for us, to be honest. And when that does happen, we've looked all right this season. When you think back to Dens Park, when a, when a team will come and go for us, then we can sort of exploit the pockets of space and do them on the counter. So it's a game that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and if, if we can manage to get three points, then that's, that's a real statement from us um, moving forward. But I, I'm not too sure about um, Arbroath. Like, I, as, as Tam O'Brien definitely back, someone told me we missed the cup game and the league game, but I've seen his red card. It was just a handball in the line, so it wasn't a, a violent conduct or anything. So I'm not too sure, but... Regardless of that, he's he's not looked his old self really this season either. He's gone through a bit of what Tunji's having as well because for the past three seasons, he's been outstanding in this division, probably the best centre-half. Um, but this season, he's, he's played five games, two red cards and one own goal. So let's hope he can stay in that rut anyway, coming for Saturday. But I'm going to stick with a Fissel win. We're in that much a good form. I'm going to say 2-1 Fissel. I can see our both getting a goal up there, but I think we'll just sneak the win. Again, P.M. McDonald couldn't be with us this week, but David will, again, work his magic and insert his prediction here. Arbroath didn't look up to a huge amount in the cup game last night, but I think they'll be better at their place. Um, we don't have the best record there, so I'm going to say 2-1 Fissel. I'm not super confident about the clean sheet, but I think we've got enough about us to get the win, so 2-1. David, that prediction from you? Well, I've just had a wee look at the weather, and it's actually the hottest it's going to be all week, at 18 degrees. But it's also raining with 23 mile an hour winds. Oh, so, I so that's <laughs> just what we're all looking for. Um, but, I mean, that's it. The, the streak will live on. This is the new streak. It will be 21 years till our broth beat us again. Fuck it, why not? Um, I'll go 2 1 as well. I'm going to go 1 0, Thistle. Um, we all have this, I think we all have the same score prediction last week. So, I'll mix up. To, to a 1-0 Thistle win. So we all had the same score last week. I think we all had 2-0 Thistle. So myself, David and Jamie are on nine points. Reese is on eight points. Heather, do you want to uh, submit a prediction for fun? Yes, please. But also, David, thanks for stealing my thunder. I was going to be Heather with the weather and give that update. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I had 2-1 written down, but because you two have gone for it, and I think um, I like to be unique and individual, I'm going to go for a 3-1 win. I just, um, I've never seen, I, I, I've never seen us win there for so long, but I'm feeling confident. It's been, if we can play like the first 20 minutes, then um, from yesterday, um, then that would be, that would be fantastic. But I do think that the wind will, will always affect us but hopefully I feel like Aaron Muirhead and people like that will they've got experience they've played there quite a lot 
hopefully that will that will be okay. Can I ask, does anyone know if Jack McMillan, was he just taken off or is he injured? Did McCall say in the post-match interview? I thought that looked like a tactical sub. Aye. He didn't mention anything in the post-match about him. Fantastic. And also, I'd just like to say that Thistle need to stop scoring so early in games because I missed the first game because I was volunteering in the Jackie husband stand. So I just had to go out and celebrate and then run round to the John Lambie. So actually, Rafe Rovers, for, to, for me, was a 1-1 draw. Um, we've got a couple of, of food questions. Um, firstly, anyone can come in on this. Is the smoky supper the best scran in Scottish football? I know technically not served at the ground, but it's it's within an acceptable vicinity, I'd say. I've never tried it, so. Oh wow, Reese, get yourself up there, get yourself to the Bell Rock on Saturday. It's sensational. I, I agree. Uh, the Bell Rock is sensational. Um, yeah, I'd probably go for it. You're probably looking at some sort of Stevens the Bakers sort of thing, sort of fighting for the title. But I mean, the Bell Rock is just on a, 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 a different stratosphere. I think uh, next summer, uh, when the the football's off the off season, I think we should have a a sort of World Cup, well, not a World Cup, a Scottish Cup of football scran. I expect um, sort of Brideys would get to the, the later stages, the Smoky, of course, uh, Staggy Pies. They'd, they'd all have a shout, but it's, it's the Smoky Supper for me. Have you read the book um, where the guy goes round all the um, all the grounds in a year and he rates and talks about their um like his experience there it's in it's from 2006 and it's in the the day he comes to fur hill it's when we get beaten six nil by st johnston which is really you know <laughs> but um but he goes he also has like a rating for the pies and or like the general food and the he go he often goes into like the Aitken sweet equivalent of other of other places and there's it's really great because it's in what do you call it like it's pre-technology so yeah. he has no idea that a game in methyl is cancelled until he gets there right. and things like that but I'll, I'll send you I'd really recommend it it's um, a really good, good book but also it goes through and you can really you know again it rates all the food that is that can be tasted in those areas and it's really enjoyable yeah it sounds right up my street um, David I'll ask you this one this is from David McCoskey um, hypothetically of course how many Smokies could you smuggle into a stadium? Right, so I should preface this by saying my wife really likes Cullen Skink, right? Uh, but we never go to Arbroath. The only reason we go to Arbroath is to watch us get beat in the wind, right? So I, I do smuggle Smokies into the ground quite regularly because I, I don't have a car in. They are, the, the, the ones at the Bell Rock, are, they're vacuum-packed, but they're big, big things. I think free... You get one in each side. Only and maybe three. They are big. Like they are very big. Like they are huge. Like, are we talking that like? So we had the checking question. Are we, are we talking like this is a challenge? Or are we just talking? You only need three. Like if somebody said, could you smuggle ten in? Could you smuggle ten? Well, in? Is it, uh, see, I don't know because the thing is, right? They are they're big enough where you can't just stick them in a pocket. That's the problem, right? Because I can. Can see, I have hundreds of pockets and stuff like that. I can conceal stuff in it. That's fine. Um, if there's any security guards listening, I don't do it. I just want to say that. Um, but like with that, like they are big. Like I usually put them in my hoodie pocket or whatever, and we kind of they, they kind of stick halfway up your chest. So they are big things. Like it's not a wee tiny. Like 
you be, if you, I think if you, you had the necessary equipment, though, would you be willing to like tape them to your body and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I, I think you could smuggle in double figures if you like had to. If you had, yeah, to. yeah. If I was at Homer at the this, the candy convention and yeah. like and Marge in the jacket and all that, exactly. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I probably could. But I think realistically, if you want to be able to watch the game in any sort of comfort, you're talking three, four max. That wasn't the question, though. But anyway, David, I hope we've given that enough respect. Um, and we'll move on to Partridge Thistle. So a simple one for Partridge Thistle this week. Ten championship managers enter a Royal Rumble. Who wins? I'm trying to think who the championship managers are. <laughs> My immediate thought was Dougie Emery. Yeah. But I think See, he thinks he's going to win. I've got a plan. I've fought the, the full the full Royal Rumble match out. So I was <laughs> as McCall got a route to winning this, and immediately I didn't think so. So. I can see Billy Dodds being the first one out. He's out straight away. Yeah. Uh, and I can see McCall hiding the full the full match. He's, he's hiding in the corners, letting everyone else fight. And then we've got two two assistant managers, right? So they're standing on the outside of the ring. <laughs> McCall's McCall's ended up hiding his way to the second last guy, right? And Scally shouts on the ref. He's distracting the ref. Archie runs in with a steel chair, hits Emery over the head, and McCall wins it. Throws him over the top rope. So that's McCall's route to victory. <laughs> Didn't Archie once like break Emery's nose yeah. as well? So there's good beef no. there. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Any more thoughts on Ian McCall by by an enormous amount of shit houses? I mean, it's it's good. I mean, Emery's a solid choice. I don't know. I think Dick Campbell would he could go on a, a fairy tale run. No, as big a fairy tale run as if McCall did it, of course, Reese. But um, I I think Dick Campbell's he's got one last run in him where he could absolutely he could take bodies. The, the Lee Bullen, probably. Yeah, Lee has got a little bit of a, a look about him. The thing <laughs> with Dick Campbell, David, I think I think folk would go for him. I think folk might like gang up on him. Nobody's gonna want to let Dick Campbell win. Heather, any thoughts? I'm just quite fascinated by this conversation. Um, well, I know I think my original was I thought Dickie and Reese has got that little bit of nastiness and in, in him that he would just do anything to win. So that was my. But I do like this idea that Alan Archibald would come in and save the day for McCall. Um, I also agree, I feel that McCall would just quite happily let other people do the work. Ian McCall could just like shit in somebody's shoe again, so I get allegedly, so that like nobody would come near him and he could just like hang on to the end. The the only the only downside I have is have you ever seen a shot at Glory? Yeah. 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 He, he, he famously uh, he says that he shagged Alan McCoy's wife or something and Alan McCoy sparks him out. He's got, he he's got a glass jaw. Yeah, he hit the deck quite easy there, didn't he? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm sort of torn between Bullen and Emery. I'd like to see that. Again, another one for postseason. There'll probably be about six different managers. As long as Owen Coyle gets sparked out, I'd be quite happy, to be honest. I don't think we're going to top any of that. Um, Heather, David, Reese, thank you very much for joining me. We will be back next week to look back on hopefully another one at our growth and to look ahead to our trip to air. In the meantime, stay safe.